The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host from her home studio is Dr. Claudia Michela. Good morning, Claudia. What is your sense of this gradual comeback we've been uh, experiencing this week? Actually, you know what? I'm getting really excited because it's the first week that businesses have started to open, and I think soon enough we're going to be able to visit some loved ones, and I'm feeling like we're getting past the worst of this pandemic. The weather is amazing, so I'm feeling really happy and inspired. Yeah, we've got a bit of clouds today, but that's okay, and we will get past it, and we have to remind everyone that we don't want to take steps backwards we want to keep going forward so let's continue to um, practice physical distancing wearing masks as been suggested this week so we got to keep doing what we're doing and we will get through this absolutely um, and we have seen some very interesting things happen the last nine weeks um, and this is why our guest today she has some very interesting and important information today to share with us Joining us is Anna Marie Musson. She's a family lawyer practicing in Toronto for nearly 20 years. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. And so you've noticed that your firm has seen a significant increase in phone calls and people asking for help and questions with divorce. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, this week I would say we've actually had an even further increase, but. Uh, initially, we saw about a 30% increase in inquiries to our office, and I would say now this week we're probably even closer to 40%. And what's very interesting is the really inquiries are across the board. So we're seeing uh, questions from um, various types of situations. Uh, we had a 74-year-old woman who contacted us who has decided that through the process of uh, social isolation that she no longer wishes to continue with her relationship when this is over, so she's asking for our help um, to, to move forward with a divorce. Um, I've even negotiated a pet custody agreement revolving around a very well-loved dog. So we're really seeing inquiries across the board on this. Now, before we get into some of those extreme cases, and they sound intriguing. What do you think the reason is for this increase? Is it because we're, you know, we're living in close quarters these days? Well, I think that has a lot to do with it. And um, we're really seeing a lot of our clients have been spending time together in um, socially isolated, uh, all in one home. And so really where there was the um, Prior to the isolation, there was opportunity to sort of get relief by going to work or getting released by visiting with friends. That's really not an option right now. And so what's happening is these families are struggling. And so we're really helping them right now with um, the collaborative law process really start to looks like, and in some of these circumstances, uh, what we're doing is we're helping the couples um, manage their separation while living in the same house. And so what we're doing is we're putting together um, different uh, guidelines, etc., of how we manage with the kids, whose time is what, and really just helping the family establish those um, guidelines so they can move forward. So what are some of the extreme cases that you've seen recently? Um, well, we had a call this week which was um, very interesting, but this week was a case in which we um, were representing the husband and we had negotiated a reduced um, support agreement because he had lost his job during COVID. 
And so what happened was he had um, gotten engaged this weekend. And the ex-wife was quite upset about the fact that she felt that the husband was spending the um, family money, et cetera, on the ring for the, his new bride. Um, but in fact, what the situation was, was that the husband had purchased a knockoff ring. It was a very good knockoff ring. But the situation was one where the wife was quite concerned about the fact that she had signed this new agreement. Now, to me, this was really a testament of how collaborative law works because we were able to bring together the collaborative law team and really come to a resolution on this very emotional issue um, simply by way of a, of a Zoom meeting. Whereas in a traditional court model, what we would have likely seen was a uh, immediate motion to compel financial disclosure, a motion to change, court orders, etc. And so we were really able to use the collaborative process to help the family manage this issue. So I thought that was a, a really interesting thing that happened this week. You used that term, collaborative law. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Sure. Um, so collaborative law is really focused on working together to resolve the family's issues. And so what we do is we work in a team-based approach. So we bring in a social worker who helps to manage the emotional elements. And we'll often bring in as well a financial neutral who will work not only on um, helping the family sort out their current assets, but also doing budgets going forward. So instead of the lawyers working in what we call a traditional adversarial role, so that's where you're fighting to get the best deal for your client at the expense of the other person or at the expense really of the family's assets, what the lawyers do here is we work together to find solutions that don't pit the parties against each other. And so um, it requires specialized training, and not all lawyers have this collaborative law training. Um, but we have found that this is a solution that works so much better for children and for families. Yeah, it really sounds like it would be helpful um, in avoiding a lot of the extra conflict that comes around choosing to separate and choosing to divorce. Um, so in light of everything that's been going on, and because you have been seeing so many cases and so many bizarre cases coming up, um, what advice can you offer individuals who are wanting to get a divorce or who are wanting to kind of end a relationship during COVID? Uh, well, the first process, or the first thing I tell um, all of my uh, potential clients is the two biggest decisions you're going to make is choosing the right process and then choosing the right lawyer. Because these two decisions are going to affect you and your family for years down the road. And so from our perspective, the collaborative law process is one that's really going to help in terms of managing the um, relationships. Uh, we're focused on helping the parents, co-parents moving forward. So it's not a matter of just getting the family to a point where we can agree on dividing the finances or support. It's really about putting together a process that manages those relationships. And it's also a process that really helps in terms of um, managing um, the children in this um, in this situation uh, because when we bring in our collaborative um, social worker, he or she will work with the children as well and help them give them a voice in the process too. So while people are still in isolation at this point in time, we are still working um, virtually. We're working doing Zoom. Um, we still are able to manage all of these issues and to work in a team-based approach. 
And I guess COVID-19 cannot be used as a reason or excuse to maybe stop um, support payments or anything like that, right? That's 100% correct. Um, And we're getting a lot of calls actually about that. And and I understand the concern of the spouse who is um, potentially not going to be receiving that child support um, that he or she is relying on to pay for rent, to pay for the kids' groceries, etc. Um, and so the messaging really is that, no, you can't just unilaterally stop making those, those support payments. Um, what we're doing in, in the circumstances um, with some of the uh, agreements that we had already negotiated is we're working together again in a collaborative fashion, um, helping the families negotiate what we're calling bridging agreements. And so these are really sort of temporary agreements we're putting into place uh, while the COVID um, isolation, job loss, layoff situation is happening uh, with the expectation that once things sort of get back to whatever our new normal is going to look like, that it will go back to the original agreement that we um, negotiated. And really the idea here is working together um, versus pushing everything into a court system which number one, is really not open or available to help these people, and number two, is going to cost far more than what's at issue. So it's, it's really, um, again, a, a bit of a testament as to how well the collaborative process can work um, in terms of doing some of these bridging agreements. And so you said that um, you're practicing collaborative law, and not everybody is able to do this um, or is trained. So what do you think during, like, your firm has learned that during this COVID time? Like, do you feel that, um, you know, this is the, you're going to be encouraging a lot more people to to follow collaborative laws in terms of, you know, separation and divorce? Because it sounds like you have a really amazing system to help people end a relationship in a really amicable way that's great for children. Yes, and, and that really is what we're looking to do by using collaborative law. We really want to change the way people are getting divorced. Um, we really are, my firm is focused on um, using this process because we've seen firsthand how it works. I was a trial lawyer for um, over 15 years. Um, I saw firsthand the effect that litigation in court has on families and had on clients and had on children. And there just really is a better way and collaborative law is the way to do it because um, we work together as a team uh, and we really do focus on, on preserving relationships both with the parents and their kids and with the parents in terms of restructuring them into a co-parenting relationship um, that they can hopefully use um, for, years, um, for years ahead. Sounds wonderful. Anna-Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. If our listeners want to use your services or get a hold of you or learn more about collaborative law, how can they do that? Um, they can contact me versus um, through the website. It's www.mlaw.ca. When we come back, how to stop the worry that COVID-19 has caused. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us info at 1059theregion.com. 
The Garden Basket in Markham has been serving the community since 1929, and with enhanced safety and cleaning procedures, they continue that tradition today, including reserving the first hour of each day for those with compromised immune systems. Fresh produce, meat, and fully stocked shelves, including hard-to-find items like yeast, are all available today at The Garden Basket. Find out more at thegardenbasket.ca. This year's IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's in support of York Region residents is going virtual. Join us Sunday, May 31st at noon as Canadians across the country raise money and awareness in support of people impacted by dementia. All funds raised in York Region stay in York Region. Going virtual means you can do the walk your way. Run up and down the stairs, jump on a trampoline or walk your dog. Whatever you choose to do, you will be showing those impacted by dementia that hashtag our connections matter. Register at walkforalzheimers.ca to join the walk that is taking place in living rooms, backyards, and neighborhoods across the country. Exciting news for all. Chop Steakhouse and Bar and Vaughn is now open for takeout and delivery. We make it easy for you to bring Chop home with free delivery on Skip the Dishes. And for the month of May, 15% off curbside pickup and 40% off for first responders and healthcare heroes. Looking to have date night at home? We have you covered by offering 50% off all bottles of wine. Call or visit us at chop.ca to place your order today. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella with today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. So if COVID-19 has made you a chronic worrier, our next guest is here to help. Karen McGregor is a leadership and influence expert and a best-selling author. She joins us next from Vancouver. Thank you so much for getting up early, and uh, we welcome you to the show, Karen. Well, thank you so much for having me here. So tell us a little bit about your work. Yes, sure. Well, I have uh, two areas of my work. One is to really help people to you know, have a powerful message. And through that work, what I discovered is that you know, many people in their businesses and in their professions, they focus in on exactly what they you know, need to do and want to do and, and become masters at that. But what I realize is that many of us are not mastering our mind. And so that's why in COVID-19, I've even, uh, even more so, you know, noticed how are people doing. And it has a lot to do with how they are able to still their mind and master their mind. And so how do you, how do you take that first step? How do you do that if you are just naturally a bit of a worrier, and especially during these times, it's going to be aggravated, isn't it? Yes, indeed it is, yes. And what I always like to say is right now is a very challenging time, and so what I I always suggest is to start small. And the best thing is when you're starting small is to just notice for uh, a segment of your day, notice your thoughts, notice how you're worrying so that you're actually becoming the observer of the worrier inside of you. And as soon as you become that observer, you're no longer in the fearful worry mode. You're actually observing the fearful worry mode. Does that make sense? Yeah, I actually, think it does. Actually, it does make sense. So, you're, so we're supposed to look at what we're worried about. Is that how we start to break these bonds of worry? Yes. So... Basically, uh, exactly. So what you want to do is, for instance, if you start worrying about your finances 
you recognize your thoughts, okay, I'm worrying about my finances. And this is the very first thing is most of us don't actually separate our thoughts from ourselves. And as soon as you create that separation, you can actually do something about it. But before that, there's nothing you can do. So I <laughs> so, so you become more and more. It's like a snowball, isn't it? It's like uh, it takes on an energy of itself, and it becomes a mood, and then it becomes a personality. And suddenly, you know, uh, people say, "Well, what's what's wrong with you?" And and the and it all starts from an initial thought pattern. And and because we have developed that over years. Now that COVID-19 is here, it, it, whatever is already inside of us as a pattern becomes very heightened. Um, so as an example with my mom, you know, she uh, for years has been a, a chronic worrier, but, you know, with COVID-19 now all of a sudden that has heightened. So everything that's inside of you doubles or triples in intensity when a huge challenge comes up. So I always say, don't try to deal with the huge challenge right now. Just deal with one single thought that's inside of you. So take us through that process then. We recognize the worry, so that point where we acknowledge that I'm worrying about finances or I'm worrying about my children, I'm worrying about my partner. Then where do we go from there? Yes, okay. So great question. The The first thing is this it's not going to be instantaneous. So this is a process. So let me tell you that <laughs> up front. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a magic pill. However, the, the, the thing that we first have to realize is when we first choose to think that thought um, and you become aware of the thought, uh, for me, and for many of the people that I teach in my in my uh, entrepreneur leadership role, is that you when you recognize the thought, you stop, and then immediately you just pivot. You look at something else. You see something else. You perhaps take a, a five deep breaths in, and then you go and you start something else. And in that small movement, in the breath you know, in the decision to pivot, that's a, that's a practice that you, that you have to do daily. And, and what I always say is it's exhausting if you try to do it for, you know, two hours because you'll find that you have 60,000 thoughts in a day and if you're a chronic worrier, probably 50,000 of those <laughs> are not helpful. <laughs> so... So I, I, I do like to say we are addicted to our thoughts. And if you, if you look at it as almost like an addiction, then you can say, you know, this is really serious stuff and it's worth tending to now so that I can actually have a happy life no matter what the external circumstances are. And so I love that analogy with, um, you know, with worry being like an addiction. So. You know, there is a process in releasing an addiction. So do you, how long generally do you have to practice this? Because practice makes perfect before you'll really start to notice results because we're all looking for a quick fix. We're all looking for a quick reason not to worry or not to want to have the same reaction to things. How long will people take before they notice it? Oh, wow, that really worked and I'm starting to feel the difference. 
Yes. Well, everyone is different, but I would say it depends on how frequently you choose to become aware of your thoughts in the beginning. So if you say, okay, so three times a day, I'm just going to be completely aware of everything that I'm thinking and do these motions to pivot. And um, so, so that's one thing. The second thing is, how often are you allowing your mind to be stilled by things like meditation, um, physical exercise, uh, perhaps a powerful mantra that you say? If you do those things for a short period of time, multiple times a day, you're actually going to notice within a couple of weeks how much better you're feeling. The, the problem, unfortunately, is that most people don't take you know, those, those short periods of time a day, they think, okay, I'll just take a large chunk of my day. And typically, because we're so addicted to those, those worry thoughts, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work because it's way too long for, for us to be able to handle that at first. So we need to be doing this several times a day in short periods of time. So I would say if you do that, a couple of weeks you're going to be feeling much better, but at least a good month before you feel like, okay, I'm in the rhythm of this. I can, you know, I can move forward. I feel like I'm, I'm more relaxed and at peace um, in, a, in a, a regular state. So there's a difference between feeling happy and feeling a state of joy. Does, does that make sense to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah, because the, the thing about state, if you look at the yogis and the, you know, the, the, the people of the world the, historically that have been very uh, serene, calm, uh, happy, um, they have done really a lifetime of work understanding the nature of the mind. And, and, remo- and what I mean by the mind is, sorry, is the personal mind. So we have two parts to our mind. The first part is the computer, which is actually what our mind is designed for. It's designed to help us to solve problems. It's designed to create wonderful things. You know, it's designed to synthesize and analyze. So right now, as we're speaking, I have my, my laptop open, and, and I love this analogy, you know, that, that if I use my mind just like I use my laptop, I would be very well off indeed. <laughs> but the personal mind we tend to use to solve our innermost problems, to try to, you know, um, try to solve the, the, the big relationship issues or the, the triggers that we have and the emotions and the anxieties and all of that. And the mind really isn't capable of that. Um, unfortunately, it's not. What we do need to do is recognize that it's very worthy and it, and it has helped us to achieve many things in, in society, but it, it isn't really meant to dissolve our, you know, our, our personal problems. Um, and therefore, that personal mind, some people call it the ego, is something that we can listen to from a distance and, and we hear it, but we don't get involved in it. So um, my book, The Tao of Influence, that's coming out in September, um, uh, the Tao Te Ching is based on uh, the, uh, Lao Tzu, um, who wrote uh, 4,000 years ago, he's a Chinese philosopher, wrote a, 
wrote a beautiful book. Um, and in that book, he says that you know we all have challenges, every one of us. But the difference is whether or not we choose to experience them as challenges. And I, you know, when I first read that, um, Claudia and Tina, I, I honestly, I, I thought, what would my life be like if I could have a challenge, but not actually experience it as a challenge? In other words, do what needs to be done. Don't ignore it. Don't pretend it's not there. But also, don't have the excess worry, anxiety, stress, frustration, anger and all of that. And so again, this does not happen overnight, but it is a practice that can support people, um, whether it's, you know, everyday life or, or COVID-19. That is awesome and incredible information, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm excited about your new book coming up in September, you said. And if our listeners want to learn more about you or be in touch with you, how can they do that? Yes, so my website is KarenMcGregor.com. So it's K-A-R-E-N, McGregor, M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, KarenMcGregor.com. And that's where you can find my book and pre-order it. And it also comes with some wonderful tools to help you with worry and all sorts of other uh, challenges that come with the mind. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website www.thecenterforhealth.ca. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription or want to catch up on previous broadcasts, go to our website 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.